Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene and Lori. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hey, we're so glad that you're with us today for this episode. Thank you for joining us. We have a great episode for you today. I know every time I say that, but literally, I think we're really producing some great episodes lately. You do say that, (laughs) but we love what we're getting from people sharing their testimonies, which is so fantastic for you to hear. Right. And today you're going to hear the testimony of Victor and Heidi. And this is really going to be an episode that's going to resonate with the men because Victor was the one who was praying and standing for their marriage restoration. And it's also going to resonate with the women because Heidi has gone through some um, recovery issues in her life. She's walked alongside her husband as he went through recovery issues. And I really think that both men and women are going to get a lot out of this episode today. And to see the power of God regardless of the circumstances. If you mention the circumstances, people are going to say, oh, that's impossible. But with God, nothing's impossible. Right. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, let us know. You know, we want to hear your comments on it. So comment on the platform you listen on, or you can go to our website at rejoiceministries.org. And we would love to hear your feedback um, on this episode and any episode for that matter. But um, ask God, you know, before you start listening to this to really just soften your heart and to use the story and the testimony that Heidi and Victor have to show you how he can do the impossible in your situation because he's done it in their situation and he is able to do it for you as well. So I hope you enjoy this testimony. Well, Victor and Heidi, thank you for joining us today. We're so excited to have you on the podcast and excited that you have a restored marriage, but also, um, Victor, you were the one who stood for your marriage to be restored. And so that is um, something I'm, we have very few testimonies on the podcast of men who stood for their marriage. And so I know this episode is going to um, be a blessing to many, many people. So thank you for being with us today. Oh, it's a it's a pleasure to be here, and 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 I'm I'm excited about about this opportunity and the standing, being able to stand and and see the result of of standing by by being re- reconnected with my wife. Yeah. Amen. Well, let me ask a question, and whoever wants to start can start. Um, but tell us a little bit about how you guys um got how you met how you um, were in the beginning stages of your marriage and what that's all about. Yeah, well, we um, were uh, introduced at a Bible study, actually. We, we uh, were on a Wednesday night Bible study, and I had been going on a regular basis. It was in a home group, and, you know, I, pretty small that I knew everyone there. So if you saw a new face, you were like, okay, who's this? And that's what happened. Yep. Um, Victor was there and had a ball cap on and we were praying. <laughs> now, who is this? I was a little younger back then. <laughs> <laughs> and so you guys dated, got married, you know, did you have issues? Did you have one of those dating relationships that was full of um, drama or did you, did everything seem pretty seamless as you were dating? No, we, we kind of, we just fell right into um, just we did a great relationship. We, um, well, it was, we, we met 
And Heidi was a little bit timid at first. I was I was nervous just to talk to her, but she was a little timid at first. Um, and I was persistent. <laughs> and we just kind of hit we hit it off really well. And um, we had a lot of similar interests, and and a lot of our 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 growing up was was very similar. And we we just we had a lot in common. And as we got to know each other, um, we realized that we just worked really well together. Yeah. And um, and uh, we dated for two years mm-hmm. before we ended up um, getting married. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of no, yeah, we, we, we really just got along really well, had fun together. We talked about a lot of things. We talked deeply enough, you know. Um, I feel like going in, we knew of some issues that were going to be there mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So you... You both were believers when you got married. Then you both are following and walking with the Lord. Yes. 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 I was in. I grew up in the church, but I was. I had fallen away, and I was a newer believer um, mm-hmm. when we met. I had re- I had recommitted my life to Christ, and I was still kind of a baby Christian um, again. And um, but, but Heidi, she's she seems to have some more a lot more faith than I do at, at times. And um, she just she's very, very spirit, spirit led. And um, and she she was a lot more developed in her in her walk with the Lord when we met. So So you're dating, you're both growing in the Lord, you get married. And how how does the first year or so of marriage go? Oh, the first year of marriage was so hard. (laughs) I mean, Yeah, because we were around 30 years old when we got married, a little bit older, I would say. So we'd done a lot of life, like separate, independent people. Um, I feel like our first year was really hard for us. Um, Just a lot of like selfishness that was there on both sides, a lot of wanting to do things a certain way and, and expectations about certain things that didn't really match. And so... It was it was a hard year. There there were some growing pains definitely in the beginning, but um, but we tend to work those things out. We 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 communicated decently, not really well, but we we communicated enough to be able to um, to get past some of the little issues that we were having, and we both realized because we were older, so we both realized that this was probably just part of two selfish people coming together and, and trying to figure out how to live life together. And, um, and we, and we struggled a little bit that first year. And then did things start improving or did they continue to go the other direction? No, I would say that things got pretty rough, um, because he was walking in with, you know, some secrets that were kind of under the surface there Mm -hmm. that were growing. And I feel like you know, I'll let him speak on this, but he thought they would get better, but they were actually getting worse. And so there was a secret. And then he also lost his job. So there was a lot of pressure yeah. on us pretty early into the marriage. Yeah, I, I had a lot of of baggage that I that I brought into the marriage that the secrets that that I didn't really want to to tell her about because she probably wouldn't have married me if had had I had I divulged everything. And um, I figured, you know, 
I'm a guy. I can I can handle it. I can just when we get married, some of this stuff will go away. I was um, I had I I got involved with pornography when I was at a young age, mm-hmm. and uh, it just kind of carried and progressed. And as we all know, the the um, the the accessibility to pornography out there is just crazy right now. So as it yeah. became easier to see this kind of bad material, I I kind of would if there was a struggle in the marriage, if there was a struggle at work, I would dive into secretly dive into pornography and um, just to escape some of that stress that was going on. And that um, that that brought that that paid it made a toll. It took a toll on on our communication. I would isolate myself. Um, our intimacy, of our course. intimacy w- was would start to decline. Not just sexual intimacy, too. I would say emotional intimacy yeah. was missing. And I kind of felt like, okay, something's off. I don't know what it is per se. I just want, I crave it and I want it. And I remember praying in, um, at a retreat for more intimacy in the marriage. And, you know, when you pray, expect things to happen because like things got really kind of rocky. Yeah. Yeah. At first, you know, like I feel like God was trying to bring it out to the to the forefront, like bring it into the light, what was going on. But Victor was just afraid, too afraid to to come forward and, yeah. and divulge the information. Did you know Heidi before the marriage at all that Victor had had a, a past struggle with pornography, or was this a new revelation to you? Yes, I did know. He did mention it um, that you know, in his early walk with the Lord, he was like, I'm, I'm struggling to like, he, he just gave me enough to know that it was something that he may struggle with, but that mm-hmm. he was trying to, to turn away from it. So I didn't really dive deep into what, what does that look like? What do you mean? You know, so I, I knew somewhat of it. And Victor, what you said is so common that we hear from people that they get married thinking, well, that's going to solve my problem. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to have a a wife that I'm with. I'm going to be able to be sexually intimate with a person that'll solve the pornography problem. And so many experts say it's not about a sexual issue. It's not about a sexual desire. It's about like a, well, it's a sinful desire. You know what I mean? But it's craving that escape from reality, you know, and it's, it's craving that just I can check out and and look at this 2D image and and that can be enough, you know, to just make me forget about work or whatever other issues. So yeah. it's very common to hear people say that. How did you realize that when you guys were married now a couple of years that it was an issue that Victor just come to you and say, you know, I'm struggling with this? Or how did you start to understand what he was what he was um, struggling with? No, it was unfortunately a, a find um, on his phone, and it was it, it was pretty disturbing and emotionally, you know, upsetting to me um, because I thought, well, you know, I'd ask him from time to time, "Are you struggling with that? Like, how's that going?" And it was always just like, "Oh no!" And to sort of to to see something was really like a jolt, and it really rocked things. And he tried to, I think fix it like on the surface you know but that's how it, it came out was kind of kind of a big yeah and i tried to minimize it i tried mm-hmm. to say well it's not as big a deal as you think it is you know and i i was i would i was back backpedaling trying to fit trying to figure out how am i going to save this how am i going to 
to keep myself from losing my marriage or 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 um, her finding out the real depth of of what's going on and um and it just and she was praying for it to be revealed <laughs> and so mm-hmm. so um that my my uh my attempts to hide it didn't work <laughs> at all and so uh, she eventually found out you know that that is one of the things that we dealt with earlier in our marriage with Bob because he had been away to college, becoming a funeral director, and he had uh, seen his grandfather with magazines uh, years before and been uh, seen him by uh, not that he should have seen him, but they he found them and they were hidden and he found where they were behind a barn. He did not tell anybody. But it started a desire in him that would not have normally started such an early age. Yeah. And uh, he came into the marriage with me not realizing any of that. Uh, but then even we talked about it after his marriage because he said the same thing. He thought that spirit of lust would be taken care of by our marriage. Instead, mm-hmm. it was not. And so he was battling uh, in the mind and what to do and what not to do. So what it, what you're what you have walked through is common unfortunately and very sadly and more common I would guess I don't have a statistic in front of me because we're carrying you know in our pockets access to it um, I think it's easier for people to to get hold of. Um, so what was your response Heidi when you realized this and Victor's trying to minimize it were you coming alongside him thinking we're going to get through this or were you just too devastated or how, how did you feel at that time? There was basically two big events that happened. The first event finding out and I stayed alongside him. I was like, okay, you need, cause I actually am in recovery as well um, from alcoholism and had been doing a recovery program pretty, pretty early into the marriage. And so, um, I was familiar with recovery and I knew, okay, this, he, he alluded to that it was kind of an addiction. So I'm like, okay, you need to get, you know, I was trying to manage it and control what he was doing. Okay. You know, get to celebrate recovery. Let's get accountability on your phone. I'm the accountability person. Like I was trying to manage his addiction. And so I fell into codependency with Victor, um, mm-hmm. which is also detrimental. So I wasn't trusting that God could do it, that God would be the one to fix him. I mean, I did, but I was still like, okay, go to church. Okay. Go to recovery instead of praying that God would do it and surrendering my husband at the feet of the cross. I did not do that. What was going through your mind at this time, Victor, were you wanting to be managed or were you like let me just have my sin and you're making a big deal about this or how did you feel no i knew that i that i needed to do something i i just didn't know where to start and um and it's gone so so deep that that i i didn't know how to break free of it and mm-hmm. uh, and so it just it just it i think it had more control over me than i wanted to believe it did and right. uh so even when I was trying to 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 not do it, it I, I ended up just doing it anyway. And um, 
and that that desire of of not wanting to do it would send me into a shame cycle and i would mm-hmm. i would then dive deeper into it again and it wasn't until um i i actually got help that that i was able to see some of that some of that stuff and get the support that i needed so where along the way did you guys separate we had been married 5 years and um we separated or just just on about about four and a half years i guess and we separated and i went and lived with my family members and heidi stayed in, in the in the house and um we tried to do some some uh marriage counseling and i and i had i i decided at that point to dive into um celebrate recovery and some other things that to, to try to help um break this this stronghold that i had mm-hmm. and um but I, I just kept slipping back. I, I would take three, five steps forward and then three steps back and then five steps forward and three steps back. And that seemed like the cycle. And, and Heidi was left in the wake of that throughout that whole process. In, in the series, it, it had to be pulled out of me. I, I didn't just freely give it to Heidi. And I think that was what was really detrimental to Heidi was the fact that it had to be pulled out of me. It wasn't just a, I didn't freely give it up, and and um, and it, it the the pornography led to me um, having an affair, and uh, then she found out about that, and that was that was kind of the straw that that broke the camel's back, so to speak, and um, and then she realized that there was how deep my pornography addiction had had reached, and um, mm. and that's when we started. We separated and started to have um, started started some some premarital or some marital com, uh, marriage counseling through uh, one of the local churches here in 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 the area. We did that what for about four months or so, mm-hmm. about four months of of marriage counseling. At that time, did you feel like the Lord was helping you with with that additional counseling? Did you feel? Um, Victor, that that was giving you a source of, source of strength. It was. It, it did. It it just it helped me to get perspective on what I was putting Heidi through, and um, and it helped me to to it made me it bolstered the, the the thought of me wanting to break free of this addiction that I had, and um, so that that's that's. That's what that's really what the counseling helped me to help me to do. Where were you at with this, Heidi, at this point? Were you in counseling just to check it off the list and and say, like, you've done this and this and I've now we've done counseling and I can move on. Did you want to go through counseling to try to really work on the marriage or where where were you at at this point? Yes. No, I still wanted to because I was actually pregnant with my son. Um. I had just found out that I was pregnant with, with our son, Mark, when I, um, you know, about three weeks of knowing that. And then like all this revelation of what was really going on came out and I did not want to end the marriage. I was just like, why is this happening Lord? like, how could this be? And so I was hoping that we could make it work with the counseling and I was coming alongside him, but I was so hurt and deeply wounded by the uh, betrayal that I was like, I can't go through this one more time. Like, God, I will break. If this happens one more time, 
I emotionally cannot handle it. And so I'm approaching this trepidantly, like I'm, I'm nervous to do this, but I will explore it. And should anything else happen, like I'm out. That's just what my mind said. If anything else happens, I can't do it. And I'm out. I'm not going to put myself through this anymore. Yeah. And you gone uh, personally to uh, Christian counseling for yourself to work through this with the, the shock of, of what happened? No, I didn't do, you know, individual therapy. That probably would have been, I had done a lot of individual therapy prior to all this, you know, just working on, I'd lost my mom and brother in a car accident, which I think feel is a really important piece of my makeup and how I process things. I'd lost my dad at 12 years old. So trauma and losing people like really impact me. And so I'd done a lot of work around that, but the betrayal, no, not until after we divorced. That's when I really had did some deep therapy with it. So what, what led up to the divorce? You're going through counseling and, and we're working through things and um, mm -hmm. what did, was it not successful? It just kept going, um, getting worse in the marriage? No, things were looking like reconciliation actually. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, our therapist was like absolute honesty, like you need to be above reproach Victor with everything. And I felt like something was off, like our communication had been getting better. He was talk. we were talking deeper. And then I felt like he was hiding something and I asked him about it and he said, no. And, uh, to his, you know, now knowing now his therapist or his, uh, his sponsor had told him like, it was not deep enough to really tell me. It was just like looking at <laughs> like, you know, wasn't like the worst case scenario. It was more like YouTube videos and he's like, just leave it. But for me and what our therapist had said, he needed to, to tell me. So when that came out into the therapy session, I was just like, wow. And I had been praying and I just felt like I can't, I'm done. The lies are, the lies are just too much for me. If you can't tell the truth about a small thing, you won't tell truth about a big thing. And so I'm done. That's, that's. And I, so you headed to divorce. Yes. Headed to divorce. And, that was in 2013. And how did you feel, Victor? Did you did you understand her feelings and wanting to end things? I understood, but I didn't. I didn't want it. Um, I wanted to keep to keep working on it yeah. and to keep because um, I, I over the over that that four months I was going to my own personal. Um, counseling and then doing the marriage counseling with Heidi. So I, I had made some big strides and, uh, but I, I understood where Heidi was and it did, I didn't like it. It was, it was devastating to me. It, it felt like, um, like my world was just kind of coming to an end and what, what I, what I dreamt of having a family with kids and a home and all this was just, was just out of, out of reach now. And, and Heidi, this is when you were pregnant, right? Yes, I was pregnant with Mark. And that's emotional and hard anyway when you're pregnant. I mean, there's a lot of feelings that you're going through with the changing of your body and, yeah. uh, and responsibility. So when it should be the most happiest time, you've got a crisis that you're facing and that you both are facing. 
because this is a new baby that's coming into the world and you want it want it to be a blessed supernatural experience yeah. for a birth and all so, so what what happened next then when um you divorce and victor when did you start fighting for your marriage well uh when heidi told me that she wanted a divorce obviously it was it was devastating um i was hoping that it would just kind of go away and that she would that she would change her mind and and um and I went and lived with um, with family members, like I like I had said. And and at that point, when she wanted a divorce, I guess it was time for me to go find an apartment. So I had to go find an apartment, and that was that was a hard thing for me because it seemed more final. And um, and um, and I just that I, at that point I I, I made a I made a choice that I, I wanted to pursue reconciliation at, at whatever cost it was. And um, I, I started searching around at churches, got online to try to figure out um, um, what was out there for for support, for, for right. or reconciliation of your marriage. And there wasn't a lot. And um, even through the local churches, there's, I mean, I, everywhere you look, there's a divorce attorney and there's a there's there's all these other resources, but there wasn't a lot divorce of divorce recovery. <laughs> did you find that one? <laughs> and that's what I did. I went to divorce care and he's like standing for marriage. And I'm just like, I'm moving on. I mean, I was so moved on that I mean I started dating. I was trying to replace Victor with a new husband. I did not, although I was still, of course, praying, like going to church, doing those things. I feel that I put another finding another spouse as like the Lord in this situation that I did not make God my husband. And I did not like go into healing right away with that. I felt like I forgave Victor. I'm like, I forgive you. I just, I don't want, I need my boundary. And so I was trying to find another husband and I was even engaged to be married um, wow. at one point and literally three before the marriage got very much revealed that this is not the right thing to do. And so I, ended, and from that point, that's when I decided, you know what, no more dating. I'm, I'm just going to focus on the Lord and my relationship with God. We felt like it was a restart for me um, with God. That's a big event in your life and personally, because you both have to make a huge personal commitment to the Lord personally before you can do it together. You know, you need both. Did you know that Victor was standing for your marriage and fighting for your marriage and had a desire to reconcile at that time? I did. I mean, he was telling me all the things he was doing. I'm going to celebrate recovery. I'm doing the therapy. I'm, I'm always going to be married to you. I'm standing for our marriage. Where is the wedding ring? I'm like, oh my gosh, stop. No, I'm not. I'm not going to remarry you. That ship has sailed. Like it's over. It's done. It'll never happen. The same words that that everybody seems to hear, you know, like you're not coping. You need to move on. He had family members telling him that. Oh, there, I don't think there was anybody um, in my immediate family that would encourage me. Even my mom, she would she would have moments of of encouragement and um, saying. Well, okay, you're. I see what you're what you're trying to do, and, and but you really should move on. 
you know, look at what she, look at Heidi. She's already, she's dating and this and that. And, and I, and it was in the evenings and in the, the times I was by myself that were the hardest times. And, um, yeah. and that's when I got um, encouragement from you guys was um, I'd listen to a podcast. I'd listen, I'd read a testimonial, I'd, I'd read something. And it would help me, encourage me to, to keep going and to got you uh, focused. It got me focused. It got, it got you got, focused. It did. It did. And that, and, and you got the, the Rejoice Marriage Ministries was a, was a godsend for me because um, there was nothing else out there that I could, that I could, that would support this kind of thing. Um, the standing for a marriage that was, that was dead. And it was, it looked like it was, there was no, no hope of recovery or reconciliation coming from anywhere, even my own family. So that's probably one of the saddest things to us that, um, you know, when a marriage falls apart, that people in the church, outside of the church, um, you know, family members, loved ones are so willing to just say, okay, it fell apart. Now move on instead of coming alongside a person and helping them fight for their marriage. It, it's just so backwards in our minds that I can't, I have a hard time because the example I always give is if um, Heidi, if Victor was diagnosed with cancer and, and you wanted to help him find the best treatment center, the best facility, you know, we, he's got this problem and we need to get it fixed and how can we do it? I'm sure you would probably have droves of people coming to help you. But with sin, it's like the, the enemy has such a um, twist on people's minds that it's like, well, you know, he sinned, he had an affair, you have a right to divorce him. All the things that people say, and they won't help you fight for a marriage. And, and it's backwards. And that's why what you're doing, I thank you again for, for being here today and being so transparent, yes. because it is so needed. Um, for people to see that there is hope, you know, both of you have gone through addictions of different kinds and, and have gone through the steps to recovery. And, you know, the enemy wants us to keep that silent and be shamed by our past sins. And instead, when we, when we bring that to light, that's when other people can see oh, they walked through it and they had victory and I can get victory. And so that's our hope always with everything we do is we want people to see that there is hope for their marriage and then to be those bold people, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. I want to ask you guys about that, but to really come alongside our friends and our family and our loved ones and, and get involved in helping them. So yeah. I, I applaud you for, for sharing today and thank you for being yes. so transparent. Yes, it's huge because many people think their problems are so big so impossible. Their families are negative about anything and they don't believe the power of God of what he can do right. in healing and resurrecting marriages in spite of all the different circumstances that you have had to face or other people have had to face. Mm -hmm. And we need to put God that he, nothing is impossible with God. There's scriptures that says that, but we have to believe it and, and, and hold on to that, those scriptures that regardless of the circumstances today, nothing is too hard for God to do. Well, circumstances is a perfect segue because Victor, you see Heidi moving on, engaged. You know, did um, when was your child born in the middle of this? When was your son born? Before your engagement and all of that, or he was older? 
yeah, it happened before he was, um, the engagement was after Mark was born. Yeah. Many, many okay. Years. Yeah. We, we already okay. also have a daughter that's, uh, that's a little older. So, and okay. she was around two when we separated and he was still brand new. He was born in 2000. Mark was born in 2014 in March. Okay. 14. So when you were going through this and seeing Heidi moving on and you're thinking, no, I, I'm going to pray and fight for this marriage and you're getting discouragement from people around you, did you ever waver in that desire to, ha to have your marriage restored? Did you ever think there's no hope or did you stay steadfast in that pursuit? Well, to, it, honestly, I, I had moments of weakness, moments yeah. of, of, of seeing Heidi going out on dates, um, do, doing life without me. And, um, and I thought in my mind, well, if she's doing it, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go do it. Forget it. I'm, I'm done standing for my marriage. I think I stopped standing for our marriage about 30 times. Yeah. <laughs> 30 <laughs> times a month or 30 <laughs> times total? <laughs> Uh, Our standards can uh, relate. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, I, I immediately knew um, as soon as I as soon as I, I made that decision to um, to go on a date with somebody um, to to and entertain something, and I think I went on three dates with somebody in that in those seven years that we were to, to apart. Um, I immediately knew. I got home and I was like. Lord, I, I'm I'm sorry. This is not. I know this is not what you're supposed to do. It was just this heavy conviction, and uh, and I knew that at that moment that there was that my my purpose was to stand for my marriage no matter what. Mm -hmm. and, Amen. Uh, and and that happened. Um, repeat the me quitting happened a lot, but me. Uh, um, being tempted and going on a date happened about three times, three or four times. What was happening in the middle of your stand with your recovery? Were you still pursuing recovery? Were you, were you having success in that area? Were you still struggling with that? Yeah, that was the key to, for me, for everything. Um, I knew that, that something in my life um, dro drove me to the, to, to do what I did. I had an amazing wife, uh, uh, the potential for an amazing family. Um, and I still messed it up. And, um, and I knew that if I didn't get to the, to the root of what was, what was going on in me, that, that I would, I would drag that into the net, the relationship when it, when it was restored or, or just mm -hmm. or down further down my life. So I continued go, going through recovery, counseling, um, and really getting down to the root of what was what was going on, um, childhood stuff that that I didn't even realize happened, and and that only came came out through counseling and digging deep into my into the, the word and and um, digging deep into the, my life and trying to figure out what what was going on, and that was that was the key for me to to have healing from pornography and um, Amen. And it, it's it's the, the time that I, I spent in the in the wilderness was when I would did the most work on myself. And that was that was the key to I, I think the key to us coming back together.
Yeah. Heidi, did you notice him changing at this time? Did you have a little uh, front row seat to see some of this or were you still skeptical? I just had a very strong boundary of like, I don't like good for you, but I really don't care as far as it's related to me. He invited me even to his graduation for Celebrate Crow. I knew he was sponsoring men. I was proud of him and happy for him, but um, for a while, very skeptical for me. Like, I just didn't want it to affect me, you know? So I would say during COVID, you know, 2020 is where 2000, well, 2019, even 2018, I went on a mission trip to India and I felt like something happened there um, with like just he was taking care of the kids and I just had a lot of time to reflect and think. And I had noticed a change in him. Mm-hmm. And I remember just starting to think about all the times he'd been there for me. He's like such a good friend, like such a wonderful person. If anything happened to me or him, I would be devastated. Like I just started thinking these things. And then I thought, wow, you know, could there be a reconciliation? Cause two of the pastors I was with said, you guys seem like you have a really great, relationship like could and I'm like uh nah and so (laughs) (laughs) entertaining the idea of reconciliation just a little bit in 2007 you know around this mission trip and then got home and kind of went back into life and I think it was during COVID when I had like the front row seat because we were you know sharing kids and more around each other more and I was seeing like, wow, his responses to things are different. He seems very secure in who he is. He seems settled. He just, his responses to things really were different. And I noticed then like, okay, something's different about Victor. <laughs> I think that, I think the difference came for me um, when I finally released them to the Lord. Um, I was going through. Um, all this recovery, all this counseling, I was spending time in the word. I was, I was, and I was trying to give, tell Heidi about all that stuff. I'm like, here's what I've been doing, giving her my, 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 my platter of, of good deeds. And here's my uh, resume. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, can't you see all the good things I'm doing? You should, you should have me back in your life again. And it wasn't until, and then that just kept pushing her further and further away. Um, it wasn't until I said, Lord, this is my family, or this is your family, actually. This is your family. Um, these are your kids. You do what what you're going to do with this marriage, whether I end up being single the rest of my life um, or you reconcile this marriage. Um, I give, I'm, I'm giving it to you. You you control this. This, this is yours. I, I don't I'm taking my hands off the wheel. And I'm going to, I'm going to give it all to you. And I Mm -hmm. think that was the, that was the the part point where I, the heaviness that she was feeling before just kind of went away. Yeah. Letting go and letting God just do come in and do his touch on both of you separately and individually. That is so key to a marriage restoration. It can't be just one person. And it's it, and it can't you. be us because that's what you were dealing with in our power. We're like, well, Lord, I released them to you, but just in case you can't handle it, I'll be over here helping you, you know, maneuvering things. And we both were doing that. You know, I'd like yeah. to bring that, like, or 
the partner that is in an addiction relationship, like it's very common for you to try to like manage it and do it yourself and control it. So we are flip-flopping between trying to help God and like, that just does not work. Yeah. Yeah. So when she broke off her engagement, what, what were you thinking, Victor? Was, were you thinking like, this is it, it's coming or what was happening then? Well, that, that thought went through my mind for a split second. And then I, (laughs) and then I realized, I remembered that I, I, had given them to the Lord. So um, I, I, could, I couldn't react on it. I said, what did you think when I told you I wasn't getting married? He said, I wanted to like, he's like, oh, in his mind, like, oh my goodness, <laughs> Scotty answered these prayers. I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. But yeah. He, like said, he tried to, you know, it was very kind and respectful. Like, are you okay? Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, you know? So. Yeah. It, but always I, be low key <laughs> underneath underneath i was jumping for joy <laughs> i was just gonna say that and but behind the scenes when you go home and you're shouting hallelujah god is moving. <laughs> yeah. did you have more people um at any point in this journey victor that were supporting you and your desire for restoration did you ever have people that came alongside you and said I- i'm gonna help you pray for this I had a few. My my mom was very good about about praying for me for us, and um, there was a few people, um, mainly in our in my uh, support groups, um, that would uh, celebrate recovery. Some of the some of the relationships that I that I built through that process that were praying and knew knew that I was I was standing, even though they thought it was crazy. They they still um, would pray for for. Yeah because they knew, I mean, after seven years of six and a half years at this point of, of waiting, um, yeah. nobody thought it was going to be, so everybody thought I was just wasting my time. Yeah. Well, what happened? What changed that things started coming back together? I think the final thing for me was doing uh, a regeneration program, working on my codependency. And that's where I really, really saw that it wasn't just Victor that had, you know, been a contributing factor to our marriage, like being unhealthy. And I thought like, okay, I have a lot of control and codependency things that are making this an unhealthy structure. And I'm not trusting God. I'm not believing that God can take the pain that I've experienced from my childhood and from this betrayal. And really, like what he did on the cross pays for everything. And once I realized that was a very epiphany moment where I'm like, uh, true forgiveness for everything and letting go of all of that pain, that and then making restitution towards Victor, um, where I really thought, wow, yeah, maybe we could reconcile. And then I thought, let's try to, you know, let's, I did, uh, you know, a step with him where I, ask for forgiveness and tell him where I was wrong. And I said, and furthermore, I'd like to, on another note, go out on a date and see about that. And he was like, what what was Victor's (laughs) response? Victor has that written down somewhere. He'll never forget. (laughs) I didn't know how to respond to it. I I thought I was being punked or something, but but it was, I honestly, it, it was, I was just, kind of dumbfounded. And, um, I was like, 
it, it just it hit me. Um, I thought I thought I would I would just be blown away, but it was it was like this relief, like just yeah. this relief came over me, and Amen. this peace and this joy and 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 um, and we still didn't know if it was going to work. Right. I was just her saying she wanted to be interested. She was interested in trying. That's right. We, we talk about that. We actually have a podcast episode where we talked about that, that like sometimes people think that restoration is a switch, you know, it's going to happen for you. It happens suddenly, okay. but for so many other people, it's, it's a journey to restoration because you're rebuilding a friendship, you're rebuilding a relationship, you're rebuilding a marriage. And it's such a slow process for so many people. And, you know, people can get upset when and frustrated on the timing with God saying, you know, we, well, my, you know, my husband came over for dinner last night, or my wife wanted to have a date night, and then they went quiet again. And that's mm -hmm. so common to just see that rebuilding just taking a while, but it's all part of the process. You know, um, it doesn't always happen suddenly for people. And that's just something to continue to not get frustrated with God, but to continue to wait on him and his timing. What, what was your timeline like after that initial, you know, let's start talking about things again. When did you guys start to realize, like, I, I think we're really heading towards restoration. Pretty soon. Pretty soon. Yeah. We, we went on a, a couple dates and, um, we thought, well, this, we're getting along better than we thought we would. So this is great. And, and we said, well, let's, let's not tell the kids. Um, we'll keep it from the kids and um, we'll just, that way we're not dragging them through something uh, just in case uh, it doesn't work out in case we, we realize this work out. They're not, they're not going to be affected by it. And um, it was very quickly. It was within a month yeah, of, um, us, of us dating again that we sat the kids down and, and said that we were dating and we were together again and that we were going to be getting married, remarried. That's amazing. That's amazing. December to December. We, uh, well, we were engaged in December <clears throat> and then remarried yeah. in March. That's wonderful. So you've been remarried now for two years? Yes. Yes. That's amazing. That's amazing. Heidi, I like what you said. I want to go back um, a little bit. You said that you had to apologize to Victor for your role in some of the problems. And I think that's um, huge because on the surface, when there's something like an infidelity or there's sin or an addiction that's exposed, we can think it's that partner's problem. Uh, they were the one that caused this problem when in actuality, regardless of what causes a marriage to fall apart, there is always two people that have to take ownership of their part of it. And I, I think that's such a um, important thing that you said, you know, we might have to own 1% of it, but we have to own our actions. I know you had that oh, same yes. situation and, and yours that even though, you know, your husband was doing, uh, it was, uh, you know, verbally abusive and unfaithful, you said, you know what, I wasn't being the wife I should have been. And, and even the Lord revealed it to right, me. Right. He did not uh, just blindly let Bob be the one to take all the blame, but he revealed to me at a church service. And, and a marriage doesn't fall apart 
overnight. It doesn't, it didn't fall apart with one thing. It's a slow fade of two people just slowly unraveling. And that that's so important to come back to that healing, to be able to say, you know what, we both made mistakes. Now, how do we go forward? I think when I was standing and praying, and when I started standing was I looked at Bob and thought of all that he was doing and look at me, I'm not doing half as much as he was doing. You know, I, I felt I was, uh, so the, look, look the, how horrible he is. And I'm, and I'm the shining I'm much better than him. Yeah. And, uh, and then when I went to a church service, uh, there was a sermon that was just directed for Charlene, uh, Charlene Steinkamp only, I, I thought, because he was just pounding on every thought that I was having that mm-hmm. it's not about, it takes two people right. to make a marriage. Right. And, and I was at the point when Bob did leave, I was packing his bags to leave because I was so wounded and angry. And I had all that anger, bitterness, and unforgiveness. And that is sin. Right. And that is what we have to say. Don't look at your spouse as the only one. We need to say, are we surrendering our heart and lives to the Lord like you are talking about? And saying, and, and asking God to reveal to you areas where you need to ask for forgiveness. Oh, yes. Lord, speak loud to yeah. me what I've done and what I'm doing that I don't even know I'm doing wrong. Right. And that's the, one of the thoughts uh, and words I used was unforgiveness. Right. Because I just kept rewinding and listening to him mm-hmm. of what he was doing. And when he was talking about restoration, I was so quick to say, how do I know if you changed? I wasn't mm-hmm. trusting God. I was yes. saying, what about you? <laughs> well, so let's go down that path. You guys get remarried. And did you have, um, Heidi, a sense of that question? You know, how do I know if you really have changed, if you're really different? Or did was that not a worry for you? Oh, no, absolutely. It was a worry. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, my main concern is like, can I really trust him again? And I think, you know, even after getting married again, it was still kind of there. I mean, it was you know, I had enough confidence in the Lord and that I was in confidence in him, the changes I had seen in him and through conversations that I felt good enough to remarry him. But it was a little bit of an issue still in the early parts of marriage where I thought, well, what if I get fooled again? And what if I, you know, he goes back down that path and I get tricked and this happens again. And I felt afraid to trust. And so we went to re-engage, which is a marriage, you know, group. Um, and something again, clicked for me that it was a decision. I'm making a decision to trust the Lord and stop putting, you know, I don't want to go back into this codependent behaviors. I don't want to be worried or living in the past. I need to forge forward with what we have and put my absolute trust in the Lord knowing that he will take care of me no matter what. And um, that's where the shift happens. And every so often when I get, you know, triggered or something comes up, I just remember I can, I can take a step back and say, okay, I've, I've made that decision. I'm not going down that road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. How are you doing with your recovery, Victor? Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing really good. I'm, I, I'm, it's, it's a struggle every day. I mean, with, with everything out there, um, you, you see stuff everywhere you look. 
and and that's that's the the uh, the hard part about having an, an addiction to pornography is that um, is that it's everywhere and and it's no, it's been normalized by the world. Everybody everybody is okay with it. And, You're um, right. And it's it's just not okay. And and I've learned that I've learned what my triggers are. I've learned what what not to do and where not to go. Um, for me, the 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 best feeling I had, and I think probably for anybody that has a has a problem with pornography, is the fact that I can leave my phone sitting on the counter, and Heidi has full access to it, and uh, I'm not trying to hide anything because that was the source of a huge source of 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 contention because I would have my phone on me all the time. Um, I didn't want her to to go through my phone because she might see something I was looking at. And um, now I just don't care. Now, now, amen. It's a. It seems like a small thing, but but it's it's a it's a big deal for for me to know that um, she can trust me. Yeah, that's a huge that's a huge deal. It is. Do you have any tips for couples on how they can um, set up some maybe boundaries that want to try to have some guardrails um, in their marriage around? this um pornography you know maybe a couple that is listening to this has walked through this or even an individual who is standing for their marriage and has has gone through it and they want to try to have some some guardrails in their life do you have any suggestions on how they can do that be it having an accountability partner should that accountability partner be their spouse or is it better for it to be a different person what are some suggestions you would you would give for someone well i i would say first First off, is your accountability for me? The, your accountability partner should not be your spouse. Um, you should you should definitely work the the program and and allow the, your spouse in with the process of the program. So you're working it together, but your accountability partner has to be somebody that is going to challenge you, is going to is going to call you out on on something that might seem like not a big deal to you, but it, it might be a big deal. And and they're not afraid to to call you out on something that is um and 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 upset you a little bit. Um I I think um having protection on your phone and your your devices is is a huge thing. Covenant eyes for me was a was a big a big thing. Um and having those accountability people being able to see what you're exactly what you're looking at. So when, when you decide to, to look at something, they, they get an alert and they can call you and say, come on, <laughs> what's going on? And, uh, and call you out on it and, and just being active, being proactive in mm-hmm. getting, and don't be afraid of, of the, of the, of digging deep. It's going to hurt. Because for me, it hurt a lot to, to to see some of the childhood stuff that I, I dealt with. But um, Heidi was worth it. Um, yeah, knowing, amen. Being able to dig deep and um, and and see some of the the pain that I've caused other people, um, mm-hmm. pain that was caused to me, and um, work through that stuff and um, cry and 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 just to feel. The, the stuff that's going on in your life and um, that you dealt with. I think that 
as a guy especially is a hard part because we want to be tough we want to be we don't want to have emotions and all this stuff but i think having emotions and, and allowing yourself to feel that pain and is, is was a huge thing for me and and transparency you know you can lie to heidi or to your accountability partner and nothing is going to get solved but yeah. you have to be willing to be transparent and that's you know um just getting honest with ourselves and with god and letting him do that work in us is such a huge step Absolutely. well i i think i think you guys have an amazing testimony um we are so excited about what um god has done in your marriage and you know what the stand that you took victor is not just for this marriage and uh, hopefully you guys realize that now but as you have kids right now that you're raising you know they're always going to be able to look back at what mom and dad went through and as they have kids i mean that's why it's so important and why we tell people to fight for their marriage because it's not just about two people it's about generations that see what you did, coworkers that see what God's done in your marriage, you know, friends and family and people at church. And um, I just applaud you guys for being transparent with what you've gone through. And, you know, the devil gets another black eye when we um, share what God's done. Let me just interject also here with uh, talking about guardrails and uh, transparency with somebody else. Um, Bob had, uh, when he had the other relationship that was very serious locally, uh, where we lived, um, he said to me, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. If she uh, ever comes around or we meet, I'm going to tell you that night so that I will not hide it and I will, not, I will be honest about it. It's yes. going to hurt you. But I'd rather hurt you and have you pray for me and know what she's doing and trying to uh, re-stimulate and keep this relationship a secret. And I've broken it off. As you know, we got remarried very quickly, but she did not accept it. And yeah. she wanted to break it up. And um, I want everybody that's listening that may have that situation that God, um, if we share and not keep secrets, Mm -hmm. And if your husband and you will be honest with each other daily and not keep stacking up secrets, um, accountability is it's going to be helpful in how you restore your marriage and how uh, we worked on our restoration. Yeah, uh, It wasn't healed instantly, you yeah. know, right afterwards. It's a process right. that you're talking about. And uh, in the phones, uh, we didn't have phones like you have. We all have now. So we were spared, really, in, in a way that um, you have all have, we all have to go through right now. So it was, I just, I love talking to you and hearing your testimony is so much encouragement for so many others uh, that have gone through the different things. And it's not just one person, but you both have worked on each, on yourselves and uh, together also. Yeah. which is applaud is such a huge applause. Wow, we we thank you very much for sharing. Thank yes. you. Well, can you guys give me one um word of encouragement? Victor, maybe you can give a word of encouragement to men who are standing and what would you just say if you could sit across from a man who's standing and um I know we're singling out the women. I'm sorry, ladies, but this will encourage you as well, but I just know that that 
men who are standing for their marriage are a special group of people because it's just not as common. You know, unfortunately, it's just the way the numbers fall that a lot of men, you know, they may start with the desire to have restoration, but they give up, they, they get impatient and they don't just stay the course. And so um, I, I would just love to hear you encourage, you know, a man that, that has, is going through standing. I would say just, um, just stay focused. Um, it's hard. It's really hard. And and when you're feeling lonely and tired, um, just listen to a, a podcast from, from Rejoice Marriage Ministries, call a friend, um, and just, um, just know that, that nothing is too great for God and that, um, that it can happen for you. You can't, you, it, it will happen for you. Um, that you can you can you can have a restored marriage and just to stay stay positive and 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 look at what could what could be that's great heidi what would you say to someone who's walking through recovery with a spouse um as they're going through that journey you know get individual counseling to you know just really comfort you through that hurt and really seek god you know work on your own recovery I feel like really comes when you take a look within, stop looking at your spouse as hard as it is, take a look within and just really let the Lord um, fill that void and that gap for you because he will, he will, and he will surprise you and he will heal your heart in the deepest of places. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for sharing. I, I know this is going to be an encouragement to so many people. Yes, and be. we are excited to continue watching your um, you know, marriage unfold in this season. And I know you guys have many years together of happiness coming. Amen. Thank you so you much. Great. Such a blessing and wonderful opportunity to share with us. Oh, thank you. God bless. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit RejoiceMinistries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.